0: Hey everybody, welcome to Team Fight Talk Show. That's right, we're back. I am Doa, with me is Frodan, as always. And guess what? We have Asian Gamer 5 joining us. Recent uh, top tier player in a lot of tournaments. Known Zed abuser. But he's here, he's willing to talk to us about <laughs> wow. forcing comps, about the meta. It's, it's gonna be great. Uh, Asian Gamer 5, how you doing? I'm great, thanks for asking.
1: <laughs> and how about you, Frodan? How you been? uh i'm doing well you know uh i thought it was asian I, I wasn't sure if it was a five or the five was supposed to be an s so it's like asian gamers and it was just like you were beaten by asian gamers type of like, i was confused funny too. username like i wasn't sure about that but uh glad to have him because you know he does have like a, a pretty interesting uh background and i, and I want to get to know him a little bit more and also talk of course about all the spoilers for set 4.5 the mid-set oh, expansion man. some of the stuff yeah. we uh, was released this week It's gonna be a really good time it's going to be great. Uh, and first of all, though, before we do that,
0: because we could do like a three hour show on theorycrafting 10.4, 10.5 or whatever it is, 10.2, 4.5, you know what I mean? But we should get <laughs> to know our guests a little bit. So Asian Gamer 5, you've recently risen to notoriety. You, you've always been like hovering around the top of the ladder in TFT for a while now, but you've recently risen to prominence with some tournament success, but most notably with uh, a particular composition. Uh can you can you tell us like how that kind of came about? Like how did you end up deciding that this was the way you wanted to play TFT for this meta and how you kind of made it work when a lot of people said that kind of thing can't really be done in set 4?
2: Yeah, so there's a lot of things I wanted to play there. Um I think like ever since I started playing games, whether it was like League of Legends or Melee or just any games that I played, I was always a one trick um playing usually two characters at most at any given point in time Um, and in particular i really enjoyed playing any of like the super broken obnoxious sin comps in tft so in set two that was blender and then at the end of the set it was piba which was like that electric warden zed comp and then in set three it was mech so i was always abusing like the sin comps and i think that helped me learn a lot about um positioning for sins and uh just like letting me like learn ideal positioning and itemization priorities, stuff like that. Um, also, I'd like to give a shout out to Chu. Chu is a uh, lead name, I believe is Chu on these. And he got to challenger before okay. I did with the Zed <laughs> On these oh, wow. what? All right. Hmm? you On these what? yeah and so he he was he got the challenge <laughs> with zed and so like i saw i saw his match history and i was like oh, oh my goodness like it's actually um, doable you can one trick this so then i i started copying him obviously i won team look attorney and then i got to rank five in the ladder so <laughs> nice
0: I, I i love that like because frodan frodan knows he he and i have like played a lot of games together and and talked a lot about theory and all that. he knows i'm i'm a dirty one trick player at heart if i can be and uh <laughs> It's I I love it because people think of one tricking as doing the same thing every game, but you're really not. You're going for the same style, but the way you get there oftentimes is is quite different from game to day, game to game, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think Zed is really different. Where I mean, one of the most common questions I get all the time is like, "Do you need chosen Zed? Do you need Zed three? Do you need like blah blah blah?" And I always say like, "No. You can you can kind of think of the comp as like." you're trying to push levels you're trying to become as strong as you can as quickly as you can and mm. sometimes that means getting a zed three or a pike three or maybe a Kenon three but i mean sometimes especially in metas where like zed was really powerful and in lobbies where like you had favorable matchups you, you could just go two star everything and fast nine um yeah
0: yeah cool uh so as far as that goes, uh, Frodan, I, I want to get your your input on this because it seems like we have this sort of like a revolving wheel of what's good in TFT, where sometimes like you can one trick things, sometimes, you know, you re-roll, sometimes you have to play flexible. And a lot of people, you know, us included would say set four is a very flex focused set, basically. Um, but I think it's great where in a very flex focused set, you can still find those one trick
1: opportunities. But what, what's your opinion on that? Don't hold back. Um, I think that people have this weird, like romanticized idea of like how you should play. And this kind of is like prominent sure. in a lot of different games. So like, for example, you know, though you referenced Starcraft, uh, there's like this idea that you should be playing macro all, a lot and that you shouldn't be teasing right. and that you need to play like this build your up army, you know, style that like really flexes your multitasking abilities. And that's like the proper way to play. Uh, sure. You know, Asian Gamer brought up Melee, Not the a game that I love playing too. Uh, you know, there's like this expectation that you're supposed to like not use certain cheese strategies and just like, you know, kind of let your opponent recover and beat them in neutral and like do all the different kinds of things. And TFT is the same way. There's like this weird expectation where like if you lo- learn how to play one comp to complete mastery and proficiency, you're not really well respected compared to some other players who like apparently go in with no game plan and fly by the seat of their pants. And while, yeah, it's, like, really hard to do that style, I think, like, um, the reason why I think, you know, people like Asian Gamers succeed is because they, they're they able to really refine and master all aspects, no different than mastering a race or a fighting game character or, yeah. you know, a specific kind of play style that you really like to refine. Um, and I think that there's a lot of, like, underrated aspects of skill for that in TFT. And I think it's also important that that can happen because, one, I think skill that's really important in this game is being able to adapt your play style. People are always thinking that you should be able to like always play flex or always like, re-roll or whatever, but the whole point mm-hmm. is that patch, you should be able to be ready with any kind of tool set in your kit. And so uh, people like Asian Gamer are not only, of course, scary on ladder, but also scary in tournaments, too, because uh, if he's known for a reputation, it's like, that's really dangerous. And I think that's like a really powerful thing that people need to start accepting instead of kind of you know lambasting or or like saying, like, oh, this person's marked or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, do you find, one one last question, because we do have to talk about like patches and things like that, and, and I'm excited about it, but I, I wanted to ask one more question to you Asian gamers, or Asian gamer 5. So yeah, I was doing it again, but uh, <laughs> do you feel like it gets tougher in tournaments uh, when it becomes well known that this is a specific style you play? Do you, do you find people griefing you more um, in the game and, and just trying to shut that down in particular? Or, like, is it is it more of a struggle?
2: I think it really depends on the composition, and I want to point out that in general in Tourney, I find it to be very favorable to one-trick of composition because you're less likely Mm -hmm. to be contested. I know, like, historically, there have been a lot of tournaments won. Like, Kiyun has won various tournaments with Mech, or, um, like, I know, like, Sox did really, really well in the um, first portion of Worlds, playing a lot of Bangros. And I think, like, it really depends on what... It requires your competitors to do to grief you, per se. And I think with Zed, at least in the previous patches, it was really difficult to stop Zed, uh, even if you knew it was coming, for the reason that it was such a powerful composition. In combination with that, bow was a very weak item component outside of if you were trying to build that rapid fire cannon and playing the Zed comp. Um, right. I think recently, though, I've had a little bit of difficulty in tournament, especially against a lot of the pop ari players i know like a couple of players that have given me a lot of difficulty were like Aegon and boomer and zapper they, they play these four vanguards and and they just blow up my whole team so i'm forced mm. to either build last whisper like and oftentimes qss as well and it's just it's just really difficult um so in that sense like if you can grieve someone by playing a counter matchup and uh, you happen to like get a good opener for that, then I think it's definitely something people do. And uh, at the highest level, it, it becomes a lot harder.
0: Makes sense. Okay, interesting. I, I will. I want to ask you what is the next thing you're going. What's the next comp you're looking at? But I don't want you to give anything away. So, so we're gonna wait. We're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk instead about uh, about some patch notes. Uh, 10.25 came out. What last week was it? I think it was last Wednesday or something like that. Um, last well, Wednesday or Tuesday. Came in with some changes. I feel like we're already kind of so far past that we're only just going to touch on it, um, unless you guys really want to talk about it. Uh, I didn't get a ton of time to play right before this patch. So for me, I'm coming back into it right now, and I'm like, oh, this is just the way the game is, and and I've been you know climbing with it. But uh, what do you think, as far as the patch goes, Asian Gamer 5, that really kind of stood out? Because Zed... Uh, was he nerfed like in 2 4? I can't yeah, remember. Was uh, he like?
2: Yeah, be, I, I remember all the nerfs, right? So that's what it was. Yeah, the, the runons hurricane nerf from 100 to 90. percent There was the attack yeah. from 0.8 to 0.75. There was the ad steel, which reduced his ad steel per level for star level. Um, and then there was the cultist, the keeper nerf, and then there was the yone nerf. Um, so I think a bunch he of different he stuff. like
1: five times. Yeah, yeah. in yeah, I mean, totally. right? Like they can't stop them. the safety of being able to stack keepers or cultists early, t- or like you know being able to get that early defensive curse. So that way, you don't feel like you're all in on the Zed plan uh, right. was the big problem, and so they nerfed that and, and it took a hit, but it's still viable, right? Like yeah, it's still yeah. very much people mm-hmm. winning. Bodies.
2: I think it's definitely good, especially for ladder. Um, in, in tournament, it's very situational, I'd say. But I think this patch in particular, um. The biggest changes were probably actually the bug fixes, I would say. Uh, the bug fixes to both Set and Aphelios. Um, right. Set, making it so that he bugs out less and, and wastes his ultimate um, on nothing. And then Aphelios, now his turrets can actually proc Hunter. Um, which Aphelios was really strong last patch already. And then I think this patch, um, there's a lot of theory crafting. It's still not like solved by any means. But I think like you can oftentimes just get to Ophelio's 3-star... Um, without even getting to the as 4-star and sometimes just fast 9 off that. Um, so those are a couple of the things. Like, Brawlers in particular, uh, with all the Elderwood and the Brawler buffs and, and Last whisper, like all that stuff is uh, pretty difficult for Zed to deal with because it's just a lot of armor. Yeah, makes hmm.
0: sense. This, this is like my kind of patch, though. Like, Elderwood, Mage, Vanguard buffed. I'm like, all right, sign me up. I will always play the spellcasting composition. So this is a great patch for me
1: um yeah. let's well, go ahead dan uh oh did you not want to talk about this patch anymore Do you want to move on
0: oh no I, I i was gonna i was thinking about moving on i'm like antsy to get into the 4.5 stuff but we can keep talking about it if you want to
1: Uh. well i mean like you know this is the longest patch that's gonna be for the entire set so yeah, like, true. you know if you're if you're and a lot of people come in to specifically hear like asian gamer strats or thoughts um and analysis but I do think All we right. should like at least cover like what the meta currently looks like uh, at just as a very brief glance. And if we don't want to talk any more beyond that, we can totally just kind of skip that. Hey, I am, um, I am a very flexible host. Don't worry. For sure, for sure. So right now, if you're looking to climb, I think the early game core strategies revolve around uh, having really powerful backline because backline killers like Zed and whatnot are like less of a threat. And so sharpshooters mm. are becoming a lot more popular as an early game carry option. Um, And people, and also because of the way, like, Elder was adjusted, and because some of these buffs had happened, especially to Maokai, which is already a solid unit, Brawlers are kind of back on the menu. So if you're, like, looking for, like, early core synergies to think about, uh, I've been personally finding a lot of success playing just best board with, like, Sharps or uh, Brawlers, or, like, you talked about the Vanguards and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as you go along, Fast 9 has kind of taken a real big step back. I think previous patch in 10.24, people were, like, always thinking about how to get to level 9, just jam whatever Legendaries plus Cassiopeia. Uh, Now it's like you have to play a little bit more honest, but that's because level eight got like way better just because of the way they've adjusted certain percentages. Even level seven still is okay. So right now there's like, you know, a lot of different points you can think about rolling three, two, four, one, five, one for level six, seven, eight. Um, If you can fast nine, though, it's, it's too free. If you can fast nine and get a nice legendary chosen, it's like a top two. So that's, like, the very brief, like, one-minute breakdown. And I kind of... Asian if Gamer, if you want to talk about anything else, like, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of talk about, like, these these two-cost carries that are just, like, in, incredibly powerful. I think uh, Teemo, Pyke, yeah, uh, yeah. Jarvan, <laughs> Lulu. If you get any of these two-cost Chosens, you're you're usually going at least Fast 8. And then, um, especially with, like, Elderwood buffs, I think, like, my personal... Opinion is that Lulu is the number one. If you get a Lulu chosen, you can usually get to fast nine. She's um, ultra good right now. I think.
1: Yeah. People always say Teemo's the best, Some people are putting like Vi up there as well because she's pretty solid. But Lulu, okay, all right, I'll, I'll be on the lookout for Lulu. Dude, I, I haven't really you see seen an HP.
0: It. I I agree. I agree. Uh, I think Lulu is ultra strong. I had a, I had a game earlier today with the chosen mage uh, Lulu that I was able to ride to a, a very very easy third because i i botched my late game but hey you know it was it was it was a first for a better player probably
1: for sure um yeah dusk is still very viable i supposed to agree La- to that La- so quickly come on uh warwick ash composition because uh they're still very stable and divine helps you like to like basically have sturdy your front line enough yeah. uh, and then the last thing is that i want to highlight is that like when someone hits a Felios and you play the moon man that it just it just feels so hard to stop, and like I'm kind of surprised mm-hmm. about how flexible Ophelios' uh, itemization is, because I think like some Koreans think like Hand of Justice is like the only good required item. You can play anything else, and some other people are talking about you know the old builds like Rageblade QSS. So Ophelios uh, is definitely on the menu. If you find Moonlight, you don't have to re-roll Diana or any of these other things. Go for Ophelios and play like the Two Spirit, the Hunter build of it, and it's it's and lit. You will get the freest top two if you can mm-hmm. get him to three star or four star round.
2: Yeah, I think, think uh, so. Y- Yumi, Yumi buffs. Uh, I I talk to Sun Astronaut a lot, who is like widely considered to be one of the best Affiliates players on the on the server, and um, uh, in combination with the the hunt the hunter bug fix on Affiliates turrets, as well as these Yumi buffs, and uh, like, just it's just like really powerful, and I think like it it takes advantage of. A Lot of different things that can give you a lot of attack speed, if, uh, whether it's the Yumi or the Warwick, and then uh, like I personally think best in slot is something along the lines of QSS being the only necessary item, and then I think the next important items are probably Giant Slayer and like either a Hand of Justice or a Rage Blade or a BT. Um, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I will All say, of- I think the what I've been climbing with has been uh Vagar every single game, whether it's uh whether it's mages. And I've played a lot of six mage games. Uh, six mage got buffed, and I think it's really good if you can get a uh, stacked Annie and uh, good items on Vagar. You can at least top four. It's probably not a number one comp in a lo- lot of lobbies, but it's a it's a fun top four. And uh, the Elderwood version, obviously, is far superior and definitely something you can top one with many, many times. So that's been, uh, been something I've been playing a lot of, which is great. I feel like I'm back. In set three, where I got to play Star Guardian Sork every game, now I just get to play Vagar every game. <laughs> Vagar is the right. new Syndra. It feels good.
1: I love it. I love this patch. Yeah, de- definitely grab the three tiers, and you'll just see Vagar blow things up. Uh, definitely, like, sometimes a bait, if you just have Vagar 1 and nothing else. But, like, if you find mm-hmm. a chosen Vagar in stage three, it's, it's cooking.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vagar 1 is not going to do a ton, but, you know, you just stick with it. Get that Vagar 2, get the blue buff, get the Hextech on there so he's not dying. It's, it's perfect. It's great. What rank is Doha? I see in chat. Currently, uh, I'm on the account I'm spamming Vega. I'm Diamond 2. So we're going to ride that all the way to Masters and beyond. I've got another account I play Flex on that's in Diamond as well. But, you know, that's not a very big Flex because it's only Diamond. But I digress. Are you guys ready to talk about set
1: 4.5? Yes. Hell yeah. I mean, all right. I- thanks for calling like, a little bit because I know that uh, we want to talk a little bit about the patch. But I'm excited. 4.5. Some of the spores look really cool. Mm hmm. I mean, that's the thing. Let's, let's take a look at some of the stuff has been announced.
0: Some of it has not yet. Some of it has been unconfirmed slash leaked slash maybe intentionally leaked slash. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not, but it seems true. Uh, Here's a tweet from Mort expanding on the champions that are going to be removed. Uh, 20 champions removed actually, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I like big shakeups like this. I will say Dusk was one of my favorite comps to play because Riven is just a fun champion to use. Um, and it was fun to do like the, uh, vein gin stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of glad that this is being taken out in favor of, of, uh, some newer stuff. But what, what do you think, uh, Asian gamer five, when you look at some of the changes and have you seen the unconfirmed changes too? I feel like it's safer to bring those in because two of the things that are on there have been confirmed now. So it's looking fairly legit from what we can tell, but what, what's your opinion on all that?
2: Yeah, so I I think the likes are totally legit. I don't see anything that's contrasting with uh information that we've seen. Um, I'm I think it's really interesting because like we talk about how like sometimes we think Riot wants to trend towards that flexible play style that like rewards like skill expression, as people say, like where you can just take whatever units. It's not the same eight units every time or seven units every time. Mm. And I think of dusk as being pretty similar to what we had with uh kale in set 3 where um everyone was like oh kale is like the picture of like the flexible staple where you can just build any like strong team put together a bunch of good units and th- this will be right. your carry um so with riven being gone um as well as like ash being gone like a lot of what was powerful for the entirety of uh set 4 is going to be just completely shaken up in set 4.5 which I think is uh, probably a good thing because it's getting a little bit stale, but also it's going to be kind of scary because no one's going to know like what's strong and <laughs> it's going to be exciting for sure.
0: That's always the best part, man. When no one has uh, any idea what they're doing, I love playing those uh, those PVE days, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it is it is pretty surprising to see just like how many champions they're taking out, but if you think about it, like I don't think we've necessarily took in, taken too much time to appreciate it, but... Set four has the most champions in the pool out of any set by a big margin. They've got like fifty-eight, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and if you combine, if you look at like every set before that, uh, you know, set three had total fifty-two champions. That's including like the ones they remove when they remove like Cassidy and Lux and put in new champions like the 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 Astro champions. Right. Um, and so it was like this is so much change that makes me feel like I'm. It's going to be hard to once again get used to it. But some of the synergies that they're taking out, I think, are good, you know, because Shade is kind of like a, a cheese mechanic, in my opinion. The, the drop aggro feels, like, so useless, um, only uh. just for a defensive trait, uh, except for Zed, right? Zed's, like, the only one that really makes Shade feel good. Uh, you never really wanted to actually play Shade. Actually, for, like, half the set, uh, Shade was actually a bad thing for Kane because it would actually mess him up sometimes. So, yeah. you know, stuff like that, I think, was interesting. Um, Partially because we also had assassins, so shades and assassins kind of, you know, conflicted a little bit. So I'm glad that they're tightening up some of those uh, those traits. And uh, I won't really miss Moonlight either. I think it's a really cool no. idea because it's like a group <laughs> from uh, Underlords, but think yeah. I'm thinking ready to move on from Moonlight rerolls. I, me too. Like the the synergies that got
0: removed, in my opinion, are definitely the the less exciting ones. I mean, Dusk, it was fun to play the comps that revolved around Dusk. But the trait itself just basically changed numbers behind the scenes, and like that's one thing I've never been a big fan of is I I want every trait to have some sort of visual representation on the board, and I know that's not always the case. And obviously, we still have a bunch of traits still in the game after this that don't really have a big, uh, you know, visual representation. But things like you know things like Dazzler Hunter, sure, Hunter, you can see the extra attack, but Dazzler there's not really anything visual that i could even tell you you know that that happens right, when dazzler goes off right and it just you know it reduces ad which is not the most exciting thing in the world so i think it's a combination of of traits that were a bit problem causing in terms of balance and traits that just weren't that interesting that they're getting rid of and and i think overall i'm pretty psyched with uh, them going out but let's uh, take a quick look at some of the new stuff that's coming in they've announced two traits officially which are Slayer and Executioner, which is kind of funny because I feel like they're kind of synonymous almost, where it's like Slayer and Executioner. You're both like offing people in very uh, dramatic, aggressive ways. But Zed, of course, is now not Shade anymore. He's going to be a Slayer. Slayers deal more damage to low health champions and gain lifesteal. Um, on the Executioner side, I'll throw that in too, They uh, crit low health men uh, um, enemies as well. So it's interesting that we have two traits. That revolve around low health enemies. Uh, what do you think about that, Asian Gamer Five?
2: Um, yeah. So I mean, it's gonna come down to always. It's like a numbers game with TFT, where we don't know like what a lot of these champions' abilities are even gonna be. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, like units have certain synergies with their own synergies, if that makes sense. And uh, so if if they're, I'm sure there's gonna be a few things that are gonna be overtuned and a few things that are gonna be under-tuned in the new set. But I mean, I think the synergy looks pretty exciting um it, it, it does seem like one of the more interesting synergies that i've seen so um i'm, I'm hoping that this is going to be the comp that i get to play so i get to keep playing zed <laughs>
0: certainly yeah. possible yeah i mean uh, think it, it about predators
1: work. from uh, set three right or set two i guess mm-hmm. um yeah so you know it's really interesting to see how this works because uh it it could be one of those things where, like, visually Zed just stays alive, uh, like, over and over and over. And he already kind of did that for mm-hmm. different periods of time. Um, So I am curious to see if it works well. Because when Zed, you know, like, some people put, like, Hodge on Zed and he rolls a healing. It's like, wow, this is, like, an unkillable unit. The the RFC Hodge rolling heal. And I'm like, oh, God. Um, So maybe it's a little bit of what's to come if he has built-in lifesteal.
2: Well, it's gonna be yeah. really weird seeing Zed not jumping to the back line. So that's
1: true, that is true.
2: Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll just still want RFC and become like a ranged just like a like an yeah, ash. Like yeah.
0: <laughs> maybe, yeah. Or he's like the new Lee Sin, right? You go RFC uh runins and he just sits in the back and spams people. Yeah. He never dies.
1: It's true. I don't think that's ever happened actually. I think Zed's always has Zed always been a person that jumps to the back? Because he's been in every set. Yeah. I think so. I think so,
0: because he was, what was it? Was it Assassin back in set two? I mean, Uh, he was lightning. Like
1: electric summoner assassin, and he was a legendary Right,
0: right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure he has. Mm -hmm. It was interesting that he was electric, though. That that always threw me. I guess it was the skin. That made sense at the time.
1: What's what's also really interesting is like what they're trying to do with some of the mechanics that they're bringing back. Like, uh, Executioner basically is Valkyrie from set three, and Valkyrie was uh, the the effect that was on Kale and Misfortune and Kaisa. I think that that definitely was one of the harder things to balance, and actually became one of these things where, like, when they were really good, Misfortune in particular, uh, and Kaisa, it was like really oppressive. Kaisa wasn't really important for the Valkyrie, she was like more the demolitionist spat. Uh, is what made her problematic. So I'm curious uh, from Mike and what he thinks about like if, if we think like these kinds of mechanics. Uh, do you th- do, you know w- what's your opinion on them when when they're being reintroduced here? Oh, I'm probably not the person to ask
2: because I I generally really enjoy when there's like one really frustrating mechanic for the rest of the player base. <laughs> like I, I if I could bring one thing back to any TFT set, it would 100 be. The fact that Blade Master Nocturne was a comp with perfect synergies, but on top of that it was bugged, and that was what made it so beautiful <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay. but you
0: you're like the if it, if we were going by d and d alignments, you'd just be like chaotic evil over there,
1: I think <laughs> for sure yeah, I, it's probably more like neutral he doesn't really mean any harm by it it's just well, more like it's just strong, so he's just gonna it
0: sounds it. like he's taking joy in the suffering of others Dan I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Their
0: LP loss is his game. I mean, um, I bring back Yordles, so maybe maybe I'm not so far
1: away from that. Worse, even worse, dude. <laughs> Thank uh, God they made RFC better again, uh, to make sure it can't be dodged. Um that's so true. there's there's that's also true. uh there's also some other like unconfirmed uh changes that's kind of been speculated. And I think, you know, as a podcast, we, it's not an official source, so we should say that first off. But yeah. there's been more traits that's been revealed that could be out there based off some of the leaks. So one of them uh is Dragon Soul, which is like a really interesting like way to bring Dark Star back uh where they basically stack the highest ally that uh, of health and then gives them extra boost of damage. Um I don't know if I guess we're going to show any of this on the screen. If not then maybe we we don't have to talk too much about it cuz it's kind of hard to to hear it and then not actually. Yeah, I don't know if we it. have that loaded up.
0: We were like really leery about showing uh uh, talking about it because it is unconfirmed and we generally kind of want to lean towards confirmed stuff but it's where two traits have been officially announced and they were traits with the same thing that is on the the leaked quote-unquote document i feel a little bit more comfortable talking about it because it seems more plausible but but yeah without without seeing it it's it's on reddit you guys can go find it there but as far as uh ones that are unofficial blacksmith looks really interesting with Orin, where okay, he doesn't yeah. really fight, he just makes an item and then gives it to someone. That if that ends up being true, that'll be pretty neat.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, so it looks like yeah. So ba- we could just say like, what's some of the big broad strokes? Then looks like Oren might come as a legendary to kind of create items for your uh, your allies for people who are fans of Set One Kaisa. Um, you know, it looks like Samira might be fulfilling something of a role with that as another legendary. So these are a right. couple like the high impact units. Uh looks like some like looks like some of our uh, fan favorite uh, champions are coming back. Nasus, uh, Vladimir, Swain looks like he's kind of on there as well. So it's going to be a really good time to see some familiar faces as well as like which champions haven't made it in League of Legends yet. Uh, so I, I guess like we're going to have to find out. I guess next episode we'll we'll have almost all the information
0: <laughs> in the new year. That's right. Re- real quick before we move on though, uh, any what what stands out to you? Anything in particular you're excited about playing?
2: Uh, yeah, so I think like Orn I think is gonna be particularly problematic when you find him on level seven because I think like we don't know exactly what's gonna happen with that item mechanic. I've I, I've been uh, guessing that maybe like this this artifact item is actually just like an upgrade. Uh where like you take an item that's already existing, like a like a death cap or an IE and you, you just add bonus stats or like a bonus ability to it, something like that. Similar Could to be- orn in real league. Um And I think, like, uh, Samira stands out to me as being really interesting because I know she's, like, she's incredibly difficult to balance in League of Legends, so I'm just going to assume that she's going to be really difficult to balance in TFT with all these traits and also being a 5 cost.
1: Um, So, yes. Uh, I will say that one other champion that looks like he may be on there again. It's unconfirmed. It's just, uh, like, a tiny image. We don't know is yeah. draven and i would love it if draven came back as a warlord as a carry uh so uh that would just be great because i missed draven comps from set one it was pretty it would sick make a lot of a sense seconds. yeah so yeah. It'd, be, it'd be really cool to see but again again we don't have confirmation on that i'm not sure if that's actually the case it's just right well,
0: I, treat
1: I, everything I, I, we I, said I, in the last I, five minutes as all rumor because I, it is yeah, yeah,
0: rumor
2: the, on the, the the sheet and i i think that's Trendemir. Uh, oh
0: is it yeah Chindamere? i i was gonna say i don't think that's draven but i'm not super familiar with it ah okay that's, well a... that's totally
1: that's fine because we haven't seen Trindamir in uh tft either so yeah it'd be cool to see what he's His synergies would line up with. yeah
0: looks like brand might be coming in as a one cost mage if that is brand i believe but anyway enough enough conjecture enough uh theory crafting for now or enough like guessing but uh Ooh, fabled. Anyway, um, let's move on to a little segment we like to call Agree is the name of the segment. So let's check out our first question. Basically, it's very easy. We just have to say if we agree or not. We'll go down the line. Um, there is no such thing as a perfect patch. We'll throw it over to you first, Asian Gamer 5. What do you think? Uh, agree I, or not?
2: I think I would have to agree and that's because when it says perfect patch like that that's it's very subjective right and i think Mm. riot is not only trying to cater to like the top players they're also trying to do what's in their best interest and get the um general interest of of all of their players whether that's like low elo or or people who like exclusively play normals and so i think like what people perceive at as fun at different elos is going to be different and so it's it's impossible to make a perfect patch um also like i think the game could always like be balanced better it's like it's like anytime you like fine tune anything it makes something else relatively stronger or weaker so it's like unless you're like the perfect player there's no way that you could create the perfect patch unless you have infinite amounts of time to play to test like what board values and, and and numbers of synergies and like like go perfectly and like because people have all different types of perception of like which boards should beat which boards and so it's it's just like there's there
1: can't be a perfect patch
0: yeah
2: frodam what do you think
1: um yeah that's a hard degree for me i I think that you know asian Asian gamer already kind of laid it out right like there's just too many people who have different interests and what they want out of tft there's so many people who actually just want to play it after they're done you know, throwing away their LP on Summoner's Rift. And they're like, ah, I just want to like relax and hang out. Who's like, more LP? <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't care about like yeah. what stage you're supposed to roll down. They just want to play their favorite champs, their favorite comps, and like kind of live the team fight that they wish they actually saw on Summoner's Rift instead of like the uncorded mess that is solo queue sometimes. Um, and then you have people who are hyper competitive who say, like, oh, you know, this exact cycle is problematic. Only one comp, or it's rock, paper, scissors, or, you know, it's not, it's just too random. Everything's too balanced. There's no consistency anymore, you know? and uh, You know, all, all this, all this kind of uh, discussion goes on. So I, I feel like uh, the TFT game designers have done a really good job, all things considering maybe a couple patches like War Week or like the J4 patch from set three. Obviously, that's an exception. Never mm. that again. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think overall they've done a great job because I don't think there's anything as such a perfect patch. Yeah,
0: I'm going to agree as well. I I will uh, throw in the the three zero for agree because uh, I I think a big part for me is that like everybody has a different idea of what the best version of TFT is. You know whether it's flexible, being able to force comps, not being able to re-roll, being able to re-roll, being able to hyper-roll. Like everybody has different personal preferences that despite what they may say, don't actually reflect on proper game design or balance. It is just personal preference. And so for that reason, just like the image we have on the screen says, uh, there's never going to be a perfect patch because it's just not going to be perfect for everybody. You know, everyone's going to complain about like, you know, somebody is going to complain about not being able to play in the style they choose. You know, so on that note, I think I agree. There's no such thing as a perfect patch. And on that, in that sense, there doesn't need to be. So don't worry about it second question the fast nine legendaries being the best comp is healthy for the meta asian gamer agree
2: um i'm going to say being the best it's probably correct uh just because i think like generally comps that are harder to assemble should be rewarded for just being like more difficult to achieve um and so like we talk about like three stars versus legendaries and i think um it it's really dependent. Like I think um for for a long time we had the meta where someone would just have to like high roll and pray that when they're donkey rolling at seven or eight that they would get that three star four cost. And I think like that is a lot more luck-based and less reproducible than this fast nine where if you're just playing a stronger board than everyone early game and mid-game, that you're able to transition that um that skill, I guess, um, into a really powerful board that is going to be incredibly difficult to beat. Um, I do think it's uh, created a an issue with Giant Slayer as an item in particular, where, like, a lot of these legendaries are over the Giant Slayer threshold, and so, like, if you're not building Giant Slayer, you're, you're just going to get completely stomped by them, and sometimes you can have a board that's significantly cheaper if you have, like, a Giant Slayer or two and be able to win against legendaries, where it's, like, I don't mm-hmm. think the board should be so centered around that one item, but I think, like, legendaries in generally... Like, I remember in Dota Auto Chess, they had your board value always on the right side of the screen underneath your, your HP, and I thought that was really cool, mm. because it's like, oh, my board is worth $40, but it's beating this $70 board. Like, that can't be balanced, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well... <laughs> What do you think Frodan? throw um, Yeah, I, I think that like as a general rule of thumb, it's important to reward people for progressing through the game. And like part of the problem that sometimes exists is that, we, and, and actually for the most part of this set, legendaries were bad. And we kind of saw like a uh, meta where they weren't that impactful. So all you were supposed to do was three-star your four-cost carry, whether it was Riven or Jin or, you know, Talon or Ghana, right. et cetera. Uh, in order to actually win the lobby. And while those can be really exciting moments, that being the end game chase goal kind of creates this really binary, like, oh, I'm holding seven or eight of them, or my opponent hit them. Um, And it just kind of creates this blowout. uh, Like, you know, and there's not really actual incremental advantages to be gained. The fact that legendaries right now are good is actually really important because you're supposed to recognize what they're situationally good for. The problem is when legendaries are just ubiquitously good and you can just kind of slap in any of them, And it doesn't really matter. Uh, On top of the fact that uh, Asian Gamer pointed out something earlier, which is if you spike a really important legendary at seven, like a Yone one or even a Kane one, uh, sometimes that's enough to like just kind of completely shift momentum into your favor. And then you uh, high roll the lobby, which is okay every now and then. You just don't want that to happen too often. So I'm like a cautious agree here. (laughs) I think like, yes, but like this is a really dangerous thing to always accept universally um, because there is a lot of risk and reward associated with Fast Nine, which is proper right it's not just about board value it's about the whatever 80 gold that's required to get to nine now um that's also part of the investment so i think it's a worthwhile payoff
0: all right i'm i'm pretty torn on this one this one's tough uh because the question specifically says is healthy for the meta and like i i don't know if i would go so far as to say it's healthy for the meta i don't think it's necessarily bad for the meta but i don't necessarily think it's like beneficial either. So. I don't know. I'm just, I'm actually not going to agree with this. Uh, Not because I have a problem with the legendaries comp being strong, but just because I I don't feel like it makes the game, you know, better per se. Because, like Dan was saying, I I think you can get in a situation where one cost legendaries can be like too good, you know? And I think the sweet spot is where they're impactful. and, And really, you should be able to, I think, take legendaries that don't necessarily have synergies with your board and put them in and use them in different ways where they're still going to be good even if you don't share traits i think that's good but um i i do think it's really hard to like ride that threshold right where they're good enough to do things like that throw one or two in late game to kind of augment your board um and then maybe you go for a legendary comp and if you hit two stars on a bunch of them then they're they're good but um i don't know if it's necessarily healthy per se so i'm gonna i'm gonna say disagree or at least not agree but a very soft disagree i'm like right on the other side of i think where where dan is on this one let's move on to our third one for the day more dog carousels all defensive items or all spatulas all that kind of stuff are good for the game
2: agree asian gamer absolutely not this is the most for fun (laughs) mechanic probably in all of tft and this is this is where i know for a fact i like riot has some statistic that says oh yeah more dog carousels 100 percent sell more skins to particularly low elo or normal only players <laughs> and i just think uh-huh. there, there's just no way that this is good for competitive balance because like sometimes you're loose streaking and there's just a carousel that has none of the item that you wanted and like it, it's it's not good especially when there's like multiple in a row um like because that happens all the time like it's like either it's like two four and three four or both more dog carousels it's like Mm -hmm. all right your game's over (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'm a hard disagree all right
0: (laughs) (laughs) frodan
1: um i i i think i think it is good for the game within within reason i think the Hmm. like when they're all full items uh like for example in set three we kind of went Extreme with like these kinds of carousels where there was like everyone had a full complete started item and yeah. some were, the balance be- behind them wasn't really good, um, but assuming we're in a place where item balance is where it is kind of now set four I think has been the best itemization ever been in the game which is a really good thing because itemization is so important for the depth of TFT. Hmm. Uh, I also think that uh, these kinds of carousels um, introduce really important aspects of what good randomness is. Good randomness, good randomness, in my opinion, is a lot of times giving you a problem and then saying, "What do you choose to do with it?" Uh, the problem becomes when more dark carousels give you no choice, which is like if it's like all belts, and then it's like, "Yeah, well, this this stinks, right?" Uh, and that doesn't really exist anymore, which is why I think it was a good decision to scale back on some of them. But in the end, I think that more dark carousels actually do contribute a lot because it challenges players to adapt, which is like the fundamental skill that ultimately TFT is. Uh, a good game for right. It's, it's trying to give you replayability by challenging you different scenarios. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a hot take, but I think they're good. All
0: right, uh, this is one I'm I'm a bit torn on as well. Which is, you know, I've had games where it's like I know I could at least top four, if not win the lobby, which is one item component specifically that I need. And it's like it'd be like a cloak or something. It's something that even no matter where I'm at, I'm I have a good chance of getting off Carousel. But then it's an all offensive items carousel. And you're like, oh, come on, you know? So we've all had those very frustrating moments. But I feel like we've reached sort of a state in TFT now where it doesn't happen enough to irritate me. Like I know the irritation with that type of scenario has happened way less this set than last set for a number of reasons. But one of the big ones is one I think Dan touched on and he said that the, the item balance is, is pretty good right now. It's probably some of the best we've had. And so even when you do have those those carousels, like a lot of times you can still find a way to make something at least usable out of them, which takes a little bit of the sting off. So I I don't necessarily have a big problem with them. I don't know if they're necessarily. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to agree. I, I think I think they're good for the game in that they make the game more exciting. I understand that at the highest competitive level, they would be nothing but frustrating. But I think you have to look at it in a way that uh, actually Asian Gamer mentioned earlier, where it's a holistic thing, right? Where it's like the vast majority of players aren't going to be competitive players. They're going to be playing it for fun, and that's not going to bother them, you know, all that much, basically. So I think uh, I, I was watching a, a video, actually, um, that uh, that Reynod put out about his game that he's making. And he had a video about random chance, and he said something really smart, I thought, that he thought in, in gaming, and I agree with this, that... Randomness is good if it uh, happens before the player decision, right? Where if the player des- makes a decision and then something random happens, then the player has no agency and it kind of feels bad. Whereas there is a random thing that happens and then the player has a chance to react to it, which is what these carousels are. The random things happen and then you have a chance to react to it. I think if you're gonna have randomness in your game, that's the way to do it: is to have the random thing happen and then have the player make the decision. Um, and so since TF- since TFT does that. I'm more okay with it, um, especially with the state of things in, in set four. So I think it's interesting. And as TFT develops, it'll be interesting to see how it kind of uh, develops with it. So there you go. That's my speech. All right. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> uh, we are going to now. That was, that was agree. That was a section called agree. There. That's the end of that section in the podcast. Now let's move on after that extremely smooth transition, if I do say so myself, to talk about some esports uh treebeard won this week's challenger series a player that i know uh frodan is a big fan of a player a lot of people enjoy watching i catch a stream uh from now and then but uh hey there you go challenger series getting yeah. exciting unfortunately this yeah. one is a little bit rougher for our, our guest uh yeah how <laughs> how what your? happened mike Asian yeah how was your experience this, this was a rough one huh
2: yeah uh so i think all these players are really talented like even Kivix, who managed to place below me, I think is like a very well respected player in the ladder. And for a while, he was a top 10 player alongside me. Um, I think this tournament showed a lot about like, I think Fortune in particular. And I think Fortune is a very overtuned mechanic where like, if you get it from stage 2 1, like you're, you're gonna, and like three costs from a box in general on stage 1 is like, it, it's really powerful in, in the sense that like, you just get, like, a really significant advantage where, like, I mean, sometimes people even start the game with, like, a Kindred 2 from 2-1 or, like, you can start the game with fortune like I mentioned, and, like, a 2 loss can give you a TG, which I value at like, probably at least 20 gold, um, and then, like, if you, if you are, like, tributed and you you get 6 fortune and you manage to win with 6 fortune then, like, you, you probably just win the game if you get it early enough and manage to get a couple wins uh, and, like, so this, this Tournament, it, it was it was really tough because like everyone knows what they're doing and they generally have a pretty good read on the meta. Um like I said, everyone here is really good. And Tribierd managed to get Warwick three twice in a row. So that that, that was something. Like that I helps mean, a bit there wasn't really yeah. much I could do here where like even if I played perfectly, I think Tribier just like high rolled and also played really well and capitalized on his high rolls. So
1: Yeah. Alright. I think in I think in this kind of lobby, like no matter what the arrangement is, one to eight, you could say that kind of makes sense. Somebody, some people have to take uh, fifth or eighth in the standings, and some people do have to win. And, like, you know, none of these players who, claim, who could claim uh, number one from this lobby uh, would be a slouch, right? And that's ultimately what you want. Like, you don't, basically, what we don't want is like a tournament situation where, like, it didn't matter how good you were, like, you could still just destroy everybody. Um, You want to have, like, a replacement reflect, you know, your your preparation, your read on the metagame. I actually think that one of the players to watch out for on top of Treebeard and, of course, uh, Big Mike 5 is uh, Setsuko. Setsuko right now has actually been killing ladder, and uh, he's been actually talking to some people that I practice with. I've been playing a lot with, like, Goobums, who's, like, top 10 on Challenger, along along with uh, Esports Law, whenever I can. And uh, they're talking about how Setsuko is kind of like the next god of ladder that, uh, was rising up and that was before he hmm. took number one and put a big gap of distance between him and second place at the moment so just as like a call out we know how good numano is numano's been killing fight night for like two months now three months uh satsuko might be a player that to watch out for in the coming weeks or months as a player that might be like the the ladder god to focus on
0: all right cool it's uh it is I am glad we're getting more like regular weekly competition in uh in set 4 now. It's like there's always a little bit to watch if you're like jonesing for some TFT. So that has been nice lately. Uh as you can see, a qualifier points right now uh Asian Gamers 5 our gets is down in 10th. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to bring that number up?
2: So <laughs> I I'm your, I'm your coach pertains- now are just based on the qualifiers so i placed 10th in fates qualifier one which is why i'm here in 10th with 27 points and unfortunately i'm not gonna be able to make it to qualifier two because i did not have the ladder snapshot points nor the um victory in the challenger series or the uh top eight in the liquid tourney so Mm. uh, it's gonna be pretty tough but i think i can still make it if i uh i'm able to get to qualifier three and four and i mean there's a lot of opportunities like for sure so it's it's not out of the question but i think like all, all these all these names here are like they're they're like really good players um for sure um a lot of these players in this top 12 and qualifier points are actually like top 10 players in india for sure so all right cool i believe in you you can do it dig deep to
1: believe in me you're who believes in you honestly, just just be, just be a little more just be as consistent as you as you have been and you're going to kill yeah. it man
0: and uh, prepare a hot blood anime speech as well. That also helps, you know, just like scream into the webcam. Who the hell do you think I am? Do that. Or just yell a lot and like have your eyes jiggle for 30 minutes and then go super Saiyan. that works in the <laughs> yeah. past too. I've noticed, you know, what time it is, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a tier list. It's time for an NA tier list. You knew it was coming. It's time. Yeah. Our guests must rank the top 10 players. And You can put yourself on that list too. So, so go
2: ahead. Start at any number you want. So um, it's really hard to do this list because it takes into account a lot of things like legacy and also recency and just like, uh, it's going to be subjective because it's a lot of like, what do you value as skill? Mm. And um, so a lot of my list is based on tournament as well as like who I'm the most afraid of on ladder and just who I think is like some of like the most intelligent players in the TFT community um and i i will say like there there are some players that i think i might be underrating some players that i left out in the list that are like really good that i just haven't seen play very much so like i'm i definitely don't think that this list is objective by any means but you uh, can't prepare you already you pre-prepared your list yes i did that's that's gotta be a first
0: is that a first frodan i don't think we've had anyone do that before (laughs) no uh (laughs) wow
1: Yes. I appreciate I mean, the thought that leave whatever. it to <laughs> the, the, the one trick Z player to come in prepared, knowing exactly what he wants to do as his plan.
2: Yeah, okay. So,
1: everyone <laughs> else is like, I don't know, I'll just make it up on the spot. So, my list Respect. goes
2: Keyun, Spencer, Mismatch Socks, GVA, Aegon, Robin. <laughs> Soju, Treebeard, Nantom and Solus.
0: I could just I can feel our producer just like I can feel his brain exploding yeah, behind the scenes he tries to write all these out. Okay, go a little a little bit slower.
2: Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. top top
0: so, three, so three first and uh, why. Okay, so Q, then who's, who's second?
2: So Q and Spencer and Sox, yeah.
0: Okay, and why Ooh, why those top Spencer. three?
2: Okay, so Hyun has um probably the most tournament success of any player. Uh he recently started being more of a flex gamer. Uh he, okay, so he, first of all, like he's he's reached rank 1 in every set. Um and also he he has good tournament success and um he's just like proven to be one of those players where like I I really respect like all these like guys in the top 5 because they can take any comp, like even if they've only seen it played like once or twice, and they can play it at a, a top level. Um and Qun is definitely that guy where like if there's any meta comp where like you're you're looking to play this meta comp, like he's gonna play it about as well as anyone. Spencer, mm-hmm. I think like pe- people are gonna pe- people are gonna say that like I'm overrating them, but like he he's 17. He, this isn't even his main game. He plays Genshin Impact way more than he plays TFT. Oh, sure.
0: <laughs> he's right. a, Gen, a Genshin he, Impact pro. I, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. All right. No,
2: he he actually just like he plays this game as little as he can because he he's like <laughs> he likes Genshin Impact way more right now. But like every time he plays, he just takes everyone's LP, and then he just dips. And he he's another guy where like even when I was like at my heyday with Zed, like I was still asking him for like his opinion on certain things because I think like even without having the amount of experience that I have on the comp, like he definitely knows some things that I just would never even like think about. Um, and then Socks is really impressive to me because I mean, aside from being the highest LP, I believe like the number was like 1993 LP, something like that, almost mm-hmm. 2k. Um, He, he also plays a lot of his games on mobile at work and like has a full time job. So he, he, he's definitely like oh, one of the highest IQ Members of the entire
1: community, yeah. All right, yeah. what was yeah. with like young seventeen-year-olds who are just like prodigious at the game, but also like TFT is just their side chick? It was like, like Spencer's like that. ine was like that. I mean, you have DQA who's also kind of a young gun too, doing the same thing. It was really funny. But I mean, DQA is like ine is actually not as young as people think he is.
2: I'm pretty sure he's like 21, which is like young, but it's not like the like the high schooler level. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> And he's real old.
1: <laughs> fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. Who's your number four? Who's? Oh, go ahead. I mean, you have like a lot of really young blood in the scene, and it's really exciting to see them challenge uh, the boomers, like like uh, you know so, some of us who are in our mid twenties or even thirty now. <laughs> yeah, even thirty, man. Who's your number four that anyway? Who is seventeen? Okay. Oh, yeah. What? So What's your us.
2: <laughs> uh four through six are um grand vice eight Aegon, and uh robin songs all right and, uh, yeah i mean i i think gv8 is really impressive for a lot of the same reasons as Sox. he's like one of those guys that just like he he, he will like define the meta especially in terms of flex gameplay usually and he'll just play whatever he thinks gives him the best chance to win always and it is usually like Oftentimes we'll see him with like two accounts in like the top 30 or top, top 10, even sometimes like when he's really popping off and he's just really, really talented player. Aegon, obviously I want to put him higher on the list. Cause I feel like he, he he's someone who should be in contention for number one for sure. But I, I can't put him higher just because Aegon on ladder is such a joke. <laughs> in comparison to Aegon on tourney. <laughs> like, all right. How <laughs> many more dog tournaments does he have to win to please you? mean like he, he's like he's, he's in the top five he he made it to the top five he's 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 a really great player no doubt all but right. I, I, like i'm just saying i want to put him higher but i can't because his ladder play is kind of depressing sometimes <laughs>
0: <laughs> he should he should just be happy made top five and leave with that all right yeah, who's your uh, who's your seven eight and nine oh, all right have, you oh, haven't oh. talked about robin songs yet, and then, yeah you?
2: robin right. so robin was uh someone i've known back in uh the mech days when like uh he was a top or he, he peaked at rank one with mech, and I think, like, I actually met him when I was in a solo queue game, and it was me, him, and Zeno all in the same lobby, and uh, we were all playing mech, and me and him top twoed, and then Zeno somehow went bottom four, and then so I, I added Robin after the game, and, like, he, he taught me how to use TFT Hub, which is, like, a scouting tool, and uh, I climbed, like, 700 LP in, like, a day after just, like, having, like, a brief conversation with him. Just, like, super mm-hmm. smart player, super dedicated to the game. Uh, definitely, one of the best players in North America. Always, like, pretty much patch-proof, just, like, always finds a way to be a top player.
0: Yeah, I've been up there for a long time. All right, who's your seven, eight, nine, and 10?
2: Yeah, okay, so it's uh, Soju is my 7, and then I have Treebeard,
1: uh, Nantong, and Solis. Okay. okay. So what's the logic there? So I
2: think uh, Soju has struggled a little bit with consistency. Uh, I've heard some some theories that it's having to do with the girlfriend buff. They said that when uh, Sarah (laughs) left, (laughs) when Sarah left, supposedly he tanked like four hundred LP and like was like a little bit cut off, and like all this stuff happened, and then he like made a run all the way back to like I think he's back in like the top twenty right now, top ten. Obviously, he's he's peaked rank one every set. Um, he's, he's another, like, extremely talented player that, like, any time he plays a comp, like, pretty much there's something to learn there, even if he plays it a little bit differently than, like, the one-tricks who played it. I've played it a million times. Um, he's just, like, just really good at the game. Uh, Treebeard is another one of those guys where, like, he can either flex game or he can also be, like, renowned for being, like, the protector one-trick guy who just does the same thing over and over and, like, masters it. So I think treebeard like can do pretty much anything any of these players can do. Um tom is a guy that I'm putting on this list just so like everyone respects him so much. I actually haven't seen him play very much, but I know that like he's just like a really good player. He always does well on ladder. Um and then solace everyone knows solace I I want to see solace go back to his like competing for rank 1 um he's been more of a fun. like i want to get as many accounts into challenger as possible and like he's doing pretty well i think he has a couple accounts in the top 30 but i i think that it would be more exciting for me personally to see like how far he can push himself on the ladder um makes sense Yep.
0: all right well there you have it solas if you want to move up higher on the list you know you, you know what you need to do now
1: yeah, I mean, what's more interesting is also even just like the people that he left off, but you know, we don't have too much time to talk about it. But, um, yeah. were there any other candidates that you consider bringing on this top 10 list that I just barely missed the cutoff?
2: Yeah, so, uh, the first one that comes to mind is probably Bertasaurus. Uh, he held rank one oh, okay. for a really long time over two weeks, and, um, yeah, definitely incredibly talented player. Um, I think, like, I know M35S is really, really good. We mentioned Setsuko earlier. Um, I don't know if, like, Numano counts as US, because I know he's Japanese, but uh, I know Numano is really good as well. Mm -hmm. There's a a lot of people that definitely, like, could be on the list. Um, I I just probably don't know as much about them. And also, like, I want to see, like, more consistency, because a lot of these guys are, like, guys that have been at the top for, like, multiple sets, so.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's it's tough because like I feel like as time goes on, too, we have so many players that are good at specific things. And so that becomes part of the ranking, too. It's like if, if you kind of favor that type of play style or something like that, too, it's it's neat. I love the top 10 list. We've got to move. Well, this show's going to go a little bit long, but who cares? We love TFT, so that's perfectly fine. We've got a question from the audience that uh, we're going to ask you here. And I, I love this question. I was thinking about skipping this, but no, I think it's a great question. I want to hear your answer for it so p. h. Dan asks, "What game knowledge or mechanic did you learn that made you feel like TFT really clicked for you in that moment? I think it's a very
1: interesting question. um I think it was probably when
2: I first started to play Blender, actually, and I was watching the Soce Streams where he would open for it and just refuse to play the game until a certain point where he could get his spatula and just Start winning every round once he got his his blade master nocturne. It it made me realize that as talented as players in the TFD community are, you can go toe to toe with them if you just abuse whatever is broken as hell. (laughs) (laughs) There there, there is nothing. There is nothing stopping you from like beating like even rank one in a game if you if you just abuse whatever is the most broken. And I think like that was really exciting to me. It was like I, I have a chance to like. I'll place these guys even though they're like signed by teams and stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> i love
0: it i love the uh, i love the thought Perfect process that goes into that very, yes very that on brand <laughs> <laughs> it could not have been better so that brings us to what i think is going to be a really fun part of the show that we're going to do from time to time here but we we have a, a giveaway to do i think our first time ever on a team fight talk show if that if you know, at least in my tenure, anyway, as, uh, as one of the hosts here, first time ever. We have the cursed image of the week, but it's also kind of the cursed image or video. We're going to show you, I believe, some runner-ups first, and then get to the winner. We've never done this before, so bear with us, but first things first, we have a, a Twitch clip coming in from DimDamSum, whatever. there he is, let's check it out. <laughs> Oh no. I'm done, I'm
2: done, I'm done. And stream, 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 stream. And I don't know, stream, I don't know we stream, we stream, quite. Stream. we quite saw it. What the fuck? He sold yeah, it. It, was, it was a little yeah, hot. Was but that, yeah,
1: yeah. He sold his Yone that he got off the carousel when he had a Nico and a Yone one on the board. and I've done that so many times. Like, I'm quitting the stream. Stream's over. <laughs> you just get... Yeah. Yikes.
0: All right. So anyway, that happens to everybody. It's sad to see, but it's even worse. In that situation, we've got a Yone. Anyway, let's move on to our next particular one. And it's going to be (laughs) nice.
2: Oh, I've actually seen this. Um, Yeah, so he was saying, like, he thought that, like, Double Callista synergized really well because they stacked the spears together really quickly and clearly it doesn't actually synergize really well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not the greatest, no. All right, <laughs> let's move on. He, he, we, for a oh, point of reference, by the way, he averaged a 6.9 placing, I believe, while doing this.
2: <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, right.
0: On brand. Yes. So let's uh, move on to the next one. I think we've got another is another image or another clip. I'm trying to read our document. Just, a just clip. throw it at just throw let's it. Let's just him. check it out. Whoa.
1: Wait, Whoa. Did we get the whole thing? I don't know if that was the whole yeah. thing. I oh, it didn't show the whole thing? Okay, well, it's supposed to be this like reaction moment of uh, Kiyun hitting five moonlight. Oh, okay. I see. Alright, well, there yeah. it was. Uh, you we'll, can we'll imagine figure, what that okay. And You know what? We're probably not going to do clips moving forward from the future. <laughs> so we're do memes I, we? Ever. You
0: know, we're trying something new. We're trying to please you out there, alright? We're trying what? to make you happy and entertained. 18-plus content. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) right. (laughs) And now let's move on to an image submitted by somebody else of something. Talon Boss, there it is. I love this one because it's true. Yasuo has kind of gotten like progressively weaker every set. So I don't know what's wrong with Yasuo. He's going to be like a .5 cost champion in set five or something. What's going on? He's getting old.
1: Yeah, I mean... I, I argue that set three Yasuo was actually pretty cool because of the whole Bang Bros comp, and he ended up being pretty solid. Set two Yasuo was just kind of a support for Sivir, and I guess he was always kind of a support. And then he I was,
0: mean, there like, was some Yasuo carry stuff then. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that's a, true. It was
1: like a big, an anti- like carry. big item
0: Yasuo with a bunch of cloud dodge. Yeah,
1: right, right, right. I think like, uh,
2: set two Yasuo was actually probably the smallest one though, because set four Yasuo, mm-hmm. as we have him now, is he, he's definitely a viable carry if you get enough of him early, and then like pe- people talk about how like that comp out, how well it uses like both yone and Lee Sin, like is one of the comps with the highest ceiling in the game with yaso being like the star of the show so mm. um, yeah. But yeah i mean this, this is a pretty funny picture for sure that's true well
0: <laughs> it didn't win so don't Very worry about
2: enough. it it didn't
0: win it was it was worth showing i thought but it was not our champion our champion is coming up submitted by if the name is right peri GG, that's right and you can just see for yourself
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: this will never right. get old
2: he, oh, he's everybody. a he's an accounting finance major, I believe. So, <laughs> really good math there.
0: Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> frightening to think about. But <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think he's going to tell clients this so, when he's hiring them.
2: I was actually in this lobby, and when someone immediately after the turn or yeah, uh, after the the game was over, DM'd me and was like, "Did Kuhn win trade for Soju because he he had the oh. Ash Two when he was fighting yeah. Soju?" Um, but yeah. no he's just he's just keen <laughs> yeah.
0: it was because we were so confused because like crowan and keen and i were like trying to figure it out because like when you're casting it you're always like okay you're it's better to just try to figure out what the pro is thinking because the pro is smarter than you they're not just you can't be like well that's dumb you should just make the ash you so we were like what what like Five brain idea does he have behind not making the ash? Why is he saving it? So mysterious. And then, like you see the clip later, he's just like, you just had no idea. I'm like, well, sometimes sometimes it just is like that. All right. well, yeah. congratulations. Para 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 g-g. G-g. You are the winner. that's right. And uh, so that means you get a hundred dollars 100 uh yeah, 100 hundred bucks. That's a lot. Wow for making a meme. That is a one value. That's a $100 meme right there. Wow. That's a uh, Kean produces at least one $100 meme. That is impressive. That's right. <laughs> so Just people like, get in touch with you.
1: It's reflective of the TFT scene in general. Uh, one out of many gets to make money. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: it's I'm laughing because the alternative is crying. Yes. <laughs> That's our show. Thanks for watching. No. Uh we've we're going to have to go. It's been a ton of fun. Before we go, though, Asian Gamer 5, any final shout-outs to make? Any any last statements before we end it?
2: Um, yo, Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, there's a lot of players that I learned a lot from to get here, and obviously very thankful for my parents as well. Uh, but yeah, that's,
1: that's pretty much it. Alright, well, we're happy to have you on there. It was a great show. Frodan, any final thoughts? um yeah i you know i just want to of course thank uh asian Fire for coming on uh people don't know i actually play him in a melee best of three so i'm gonna and he beat me i needed to challenge him back it was it was kind of <laughs> close to the first two games and the third game it was not close so i watched a this happen about it was, that i think you i, I have a we have an upcoming tournament this weekend that i'll be casting for tft it'll be the first time i've casted tft in months so it's gonna be really exciting i'm gonna be casting it with my buddy esports law who's uh top 25 on ladder and also, you know, uh, a well-known uh, attorney for the, uh, the industry. Uh, we're going to be casting the Team Liquid States Qualifier. It's going to happen on Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific. So don't miss it. Uh, it's going to be a good time. All
0: right. Well, on that note, uh, I don't have any shout outs other than thanks to our Giant Slayer TV staff for putting on such a great show. Thanks to you guys out there for watching. Thanks to Morton Dog and the rest of the team at Riot for making TFT the game we all love. And thanks again to you guys for watching. This has been a team fight talk show. We'll see uh, Actually, this is our last show of the year. Our last show of 2020. So, uh, hey, happy new year, everybody. We will see you in 2021, providing that a meteor doesn't hit the earth or one of the old gods awakens or, you know, any number of things could really happen at this point. But ideally, we'll see you in January. Thanks for watching. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.
1: All that stuff. And we will see you next time.
2: Thanks, guys.